Eternal Dirtles is a podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and supporters like you. Come to our Patreon at patreon.com slash eternaldirtles and support us. Thanks. Y'all know me, Phil B, Eternal Dirtles Legacy, hated by these net decks, banless, and those Hasbros, Wasi, Nate G, real OG, Arklet and Mavericky, cradled out the Heron's host, so gives no f- about Lily V. Zach C, Berserker Dude, pulls the rug on your attitude, days then waste trick, flip this Delva, swing for three with some altitude. Got bruise? We do. Metagame breakdown info too. Listen up, cause here's the show where we stack our decks like spicy news. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Goley. And Nate, how's it going? A little under the weather, but feeling pretty good otherwise. Yeah, Tell same, yourself. same. Uh, just that that seasonal seasonal change is getting to me. Yeah. Well, either way, I'm really glad that uh, we're able to, to have our guest on tonight, uh, Chase Hansen, also known as Strifo, um, because uh, I remember we wanted to talk to you though, because I've taken a bunch of cold medicine, I can't remember what the exact thing was that happened. <laughs> oh, it was, uh, was it, did you, did you win something? You won, you won something. Uh, I won the first legacy quarterly on, the first on legacy the, quarterly. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then, uh, with the, the four color Leoville deck deck that you've been playing for what seems like forever. How many, how many times have I played a different deck against you well, first, and you played the same deck? <laughs> first, welcome to the podcast, Chase. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate Sorry, it. Sorry, Zach. I'm a little, little back that up. It's all good. I'm thinking, like, every time every time I, I see you pop up, it's this deck, and uh, I, uh, I seem to always lose, but that's okay. That's okay, because I think this deck is fun to talk about. And um, not only did you win the, the quarterly with it, um, you have, geez, I think you have something like the most challenged top eights in Legacy or close to the most. Um, it was the most for the first year when Death Rite was around. I think JPA has since passed me, but I think I'm probably still number two. Yeah. Um, and then famously, Edgar Magalhees took this deck to the top eight of Grand Prix Niagara. Um which was which was pretty nice to see. It's very complex. <laughs> yeah, it's it it was so weird seeing uh, no one pick this deck up for a very long time because every time I played it, it just felt like, wow, I can't believe no one else is doing this. <laughs> this is this is so good, and it, it was nice to see someone else finally pick it up and take it to a, a strong finish. Right. Well, let's let's maybe start there a little bit. You know, one of the things since I've been following you uh, with this deck, just because you know you're always posting results and I'm always seeing little changes, is I, I really love what you've done with some of the like I don't want to say spicy one-offs. That's not really quite it, but it's basically like you've basically looked. You you will look at the deck and you'll say I need that extra percentage point in this matchup. Here's a card that 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 um that solves that. And I and the cards I think about for like this are. Uh, to the Slaughter, Pernicious Deed, Nihil Spellbomb. Um, like, 
it seems like you you've made a lot of incremental changes to this deck over the years to the point where it looks kind of like it's a lot of one-ofs and stuff but really every one of those has contributed in some way to the deck's continuing evolution and success yeah absolutely it's i i i really like tinkering with the deck um it's it's a slow process though i need to get in a bunch of games before i decide something is like good or not but like that spell bomb that i hear you talk about <laughs> post about all the time yeah it, it has proved itself for me that card has been so so nice to have if the meta shifts to a point where you know there's no more and to no more blow and stuff like this then maybe it'll go but until that happens uh i i'm i'm loving it yeah i think that I, I mean, the reason I think that your deck has done so well is, you know, the, the revolving around deck fade in as an engine that really helps you have selection. And I think it's that deck has been a little underrated in Legacy, despite being very heavily played in Vintage, which which is a little interesting. Yeah, it, it definitely is better when you uh, get to annex your opponent's <laughs> Moxon, but uh, <laughs> but like every. I, I think it was on uh, Cyrus' podcast, uh, Cyrus and, and Eric's podcast. They mentioned like there's a whole bunch of like uh, ten or zero cards in the Xerox decks, and Dak just lets you facilitate that. And basically, that's how all control decks are in Legacy, right? Like mm -hmm. sometimes you want plows, sometimes you want counterspell in Miracles, or like sometimes I want a Thought Seize, sometimes I want an Abrupt Decay, whatever. And the the fact that you can just go through your deck so fast and get rid of the the cards that just don't matter at all and get the ones that uh, that do matter that's like extremely underrated I think people people say well you're not getting card advantage unless you do you know punishing fire shenanigans but that's like only half true no I definitely agree with that and I think that you know that's the next the next thing people would probably say is like well you don't really have any graveyard synergy other than you have three punishing fire and i guess three snapcaster made snapcaster, which is like yeah. a graveyard synergistic card but like in a way like you know that's almost the point like i can you can maximize the graveyard using deck but it's slower than any graveyard maximization engine or you can just use it to say like all right i don't need force of wills right now so I'm gonna just look for removal. Like we're playing on the board, we're playing on the board. My opponent's hand is empty or something like that. I don't need this force of will, you know. And I think that the virtual card advantage has been underrated. In fact, I've been I've been tinkering with deck a little bit more, you know, in my head um, rather than. But I've I've actually considered just starting to play this deck though. It does, like I said, seem extremely complex because you have to learn exactly what those situational cards are. Yeah, I think. If you wanted to pick up this deck, I think Edgar did a really good job of making uh, like a really clean version. Like I, I, I think I told him like uh, this is what my deck would look like if someone good picked it up and cleaned it up. <laughs> yeah. No, no, maybe I don't know. Like the Tarmogoyf, I, I think I, I don't. You don't. You have you played Tarmogoyf in the sideboard like he did? I've tried Gurmag Angler and Tombstalker, never Tarmogoyf. But I, I've just never found the need for like a fast clock against basically anything, because Dak is a virtual clock in combo matchups. Like it, it just annihilates people if you untap with it. So. 
Oh yeah, I mean, you just you untap with it, and then all of a sudden your hand is full in there with the interactive cards from Khan. So yeah, looking at his build, he when he's got a Ponder Puritan split, he's got the Tarmogoyfs. Um, no Nihil Spellbomb. I have no idea. Oh, he's at the sideboard. He's not made back. You know, I always bring it up, but it's really only the one situation I had where I was like, all right, this will be fine. Like, his deck draws a lot of cards, but I have this Bedlam Reveler, and then your first turn was Nihil Spellbomb. <laughs> it's like, well, that sucks. <laughs> I drew another Bedlam Reveler. Like, ugh, terrible. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so yeah, play a bunch. I, I, you know, I'll defer to uh, Julian and uh, your interview with Julian on Everyday Eternal too, if you people really want to hear about like a lot of the development. But um, what I really, I think the thing we should talk about now is, you know, in the most recent challenge list, I see one Narset, Parter of Veils, one Liliana's Triumph. Um, so it seems like you start as a tinker a little bit with some of the new cards, but you're so incremental, whereas a lot of people are just like cutting four things from their deck and putting in four Narsets or seemingly jamming the Karn combo into every single possible deck. Um, you you're still sticking to that incremental um, to the incrementalism of of trying. Here's a card that comes in. Here's a card that comes in, and we'll see how they work. Yeah, I think some of some of that comes from. Uh, I, I don't know if you are aware of this. I'm a I'm a physics graduate student, and in physics you or in, in science in general, I guess you want to just change one variable at a time slowly and see how it goes. Uh, otherwise, you can't really make a statement about. You know, if, if I change like five cards all at once, I can't say which cards are, are doing how much pulling. Classic so scientific I, I, method, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. so, so I, I can't I can't bring myself to go like way, way faster than that. Yeah. Um what were the what what, what did you cut to make room for Narsa? I think you had an edict main that mm-hmm. became the triumph, right? Yeah, so the, the edict for the triumph was pretty easy. I think for the Narset, I moved Colgan's command to the sideboard. And I cut. I ended up cutting the rise fall. I had two rise falls on my board, and I made mm-hmm. them like a pyroblast and a and a thought seize. And I probably cut something else. I don't remember what. Yeah, it's yeah, just interesting. Now, did you get to stick a narset, like have it perform at all uh, in the challenge? Um, I I. I think I cast it a couple times in the challenge. I, I sorry, it's it's running together because I, I played a lot of leagues with it as well. Oh, okay. Um, well, I meant like in general. Then I thought I don't know if you played how much you played with it. Yeah, um, and actually, uh, after my so I I played a league without the Narset this morning, and I I just wasn't that impressed with the Narset. Like I tried it out, and I I understand that it's really really good, uh, but it was doing stuff like like it was winning games. Uh, that I was already winning a lot yeah. of the time. Because, like, it's it's obviously amazing in Blue Mirrors, but my deck smokes Blue Mirrors anyway, most of the time. If they're not playing, like, back to basics and a bunch of ways of protecting it, they're they're going to get ground out. So. Yeah. Um, have you considered any other war cards? Or is there anything you're looking uh, at? Uh... <laughs> I've I've joked about playing that uh, the five mana Sarkin, <laughs> the one that's like Make plus your planeswalkers in a dragon. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my deck plays so many planeswalkers, I could oh, attack for right. like twelve right away. Yeah. Oh jeez, I didn't even think of that. Um, but I guess the answer to that that would be not really. <laughs> I mean, I, I've looked. I haven't I haven't been super excited by anything. I, I think Narset was the one, other than the Triumph that I was most excited for. Uh, for this deck, but I, uh, 
I was excited by something that you guys talked about on your giant uh, <laughs> the longest spoiler, cast ever spoiler episode was uh, Fibblethip. Yeah. Uh, so very few people that haven't watched my stream for a long time or were friends with me uh, years ago know that I've been working on this uh, Aether Vile Cavern Harpy deck. Uh, and it plays like Baleful Strix and Coiling Oracle, and it needed one more card that said draw a card on it that was blue, and Fibblethip <laughs> came along. And I, oh, I, man. I, I played that in a league a couple of days ago to a, a pretty uh, straightforward 4-1, so I, it felt pretty decent. It was fun. Jeez. Was this, did, did you use... Uh, Caracas in this at all, or this was just like uh, we're going Cavern Harpy all the way with with Fibblethip for value. Yeah, it was it was just Cavern Harpy. The deck could probably play Caracas. It is, but it is it's four colors uh, because you know I have to play four colors or <laughs> <Of course>. something. <laughs> but uh, it, it could in principle play a Caracas, but I wasn't. Cool, awesome. I mean, Phil's gonna be happy to hear that. Yeah, it's too bad Phil's not here. We do. He'll, he'll have you back on the duel. I want to have back have you back on the whole episode on the uh, fiddle tip vinyl deck. I'm sure. Yeah, I really liked how you how you've maximized the green as much as you can in here. Tarmogoyf in uh, your deck is nice. Like the card fatal push on a bit of a low, um, just because of so many blue white decks. And now I think we're seeing a lot of decks that don't you know are like making colorless mana a lot. Um, but like I I I think that like your choice of playing you know these these interesting cards like Pulse of Marasa and Pernicious Deed, um, that are definitely powerful. And some might say, okay, three mana, that's a lot, but 21 lands at the same time. So yeah. you've got you've definitely got it covered, and you can afford to run 21 lands because you're going to be pitching a lot of them late game, which is uh, I, I I like how that all fits together. Yeah, and Pulse is just great with like Snapcaster Mage later in the game. You know, and and uh, Colgan, like you know, Colgan's command, Snapcaster Mage, get the pulse back. You, you, there's so much, there's so much stuff you can do with pulse. Yeah, and and people also don't like people very quickly write cards off that say gain life on it. Uh, but like when you make your opponent need two extra bolts to kill you, and you're the the grindy deck, like. Gaining life is is real. That's like one of the things I miss most about Death Rite Shaman is like uh, not the damage of mode, but the life gain mode. Yeah. Well, plus your deck is going to be putting so many creatures in the graveyard with Punishing Fire, and that, that's that's why I love it. It's just like you you see the how this deck maximizes every just square inch of what it does. The Punishing Fire, Pulse of Barasa. This is this says like. If you're one of the people who's going to try and jam a bunch of Delvers or young Pyromancers at me, this is my plan, you know? Not, like, loading up on bolts, which, you know, I admit I have blind spots like that, and I just load up on bolts and say, like, okay, I'm going to bolt that Delver. But you're going to Punishing Fire them, and then you're going to Pulse the Marasa back, a land, if they wastelanded it, I mean, you get ahead on mana. It's really nice. Yeah, absolutely. I have to ask, so, I mean, because it's just the kind of player I am, so with Deck Faden, have you ever snagged someone's Grizzle Brand with a Punishing Fire off of this thing? Yes. Nice. <laughs> All right. There you go. <laughs> my, my minds need to know. My favorite 
thing that I that I did with uh, Dak was I ulted it against Sneak and Show, and I he, they had a Blood Moon out, and I had maybe a one blue mana at this point, and I pyroblasted their sneak attack. They had two of them, and I snuck in a Snapcaster to flashback the pyroblast to get their other sneak attack, and they conceded. <laughs> Amazing. Jeez. <laughs> um. Yeah, you find you find the lines. I wanted to to shift a little bit to a conversation just about playing this kind of super fair strategy in general now. Um, you know, it, Legacy since War came out, and almost really with the London Mulligan and people trying to just like maximize that as well. We've seen a lot of it's. There's a lot of Bob. There's a lot of like set it and see if I can, you know, see if I can just win from this position, right? Yeah. Um, your deck is playing Punishing Fire. <laughs> <laughs> and you know a lot of three mana spells and stuff like that like how do you feel about playing fair in this kind of meta like is it something that i don't know i mean i don't not really know your results have been recently um other than the fact that you top 16 the challenge like have you noticed a difference have you felt any sort of pressure to try and uh get underneath certain strategies or anything like that uh not not really my results in the challenge have been very very much subpar uh but my my league results have been uh, quite good i'm i'm well over 70 percent win rate in since uh the london mulligan got shut off and i yeah. was even better actually when the london mulligan was live that i thought the london mulligan was actually pretty nice but uh uh i i think you know everyone's dropping these bombs but a lot of the bombs people are trying to drop now are these planeswalkers and you know what's really good against planeswalkers punishing fire punishing fire so, that's yeah. true yeah and um, and also uh, the, the assassin's trophy i think i think assassin's trophy has gotten a lot better since uh, the printing of war because you just get a no nonsense answer to so much uh, of the stuff that people are trying to now experiment with yeah, Assassin's sure. Trophy seems exceptionally well in your deck since you're just trying to go long, and it's not like you're you're a days deck where you're like, oh, you know, you got an extra mana on me, and that's gonna spell like all these spells that I have don't don't work for me. Like Assassin's Trophy just is is a free answer for you. Yeah, most of the time. For sure. Could you guys hear my family arguing in the back? <laughs> a little are, bit, a little bit. Yeah, my kids are are resisting going to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I, it's interesting because like I, I, one of, one of the interesting things that I that I was banning about when the London Mulligan happened um, was just that like I like to play like a lot of non-blue sort of weirdo engines just to try and see if there's anything that can sort of compete on that axis mm -hmm. um, that isn't just playing a bunch of cantrips. And I started to wonder if like well if you get that free you know the freeze look, second look at seven that maybe would help this kind of deck that really needs a good like energetic starting hand and can bottom some situational cards. Um, and also, you know, decks like Maverick that are like super fair, but have a lot of toolboxy sort of things going on that um, they can benefit from bottoming that. And then once War came out, you know, I looked at cards like you know Narset and Teferi, and I was like, geez, you know, if 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 your deck isn't trying to play a bunch of cards at instant speed or trying to draw a bunch of extra cards, I mean, you're you're made in the shade if they're jamming six of these cards in their deck, you know. Um, so it's weird because there's almost like it might change the texture of fair decks uh, as the blue matchups become about like sort of these hammers that come down and shut off, you know, other things. But um, 
I think that's you know it's a little remains to be seen. I just does it's just it's kind of like it feels like sometimes when you play a deck that's that's really fair and you just you know walk in and like the first turn you just die of the first game. Like this happened to me the other day. Like I was I was playing a league with I forget what it was exactly, but like my opponent did the ancient tomb lotus petal show and tell and I didn't have an answer. Then in game two they like mulligan to three and rage quit. And then in game three they went land pedal pedal show and tell oh. and uh, i was gonna like thought seize them on turn one it's just like sometimes just like man i really brought a knife to a gunfight but you know i think some of that is just like you know if you get a lot of reps in that that maybe probably evens out as you've noticed yeah that i just gotta say that sounds like a pretty fun match that you played there lots and lots of uh, stuff happening <laughs> It was pretty amazing. I I, I posted the uh, the entire chat or the entire uh, game log on Twitter because it fit in one screenshot. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it was it's just one of those things that happens. It's sort of like, oh man, that, that sucks. And then I I think I went like three and one in the rest of the league, so I felt okay, you know, like all right, that was that's a thing that happens to you. But still, it's like um, it can be frustrating. I think if you're if you're really trying to like see how these little incremental changes might help your your fair deck. But that everyone just shows up and blows you out. I mean, I can think of a number of times where I've played entire leagues where um, I've been testing something like Grixis Phoenix or something, or when we would play a lot of um, Esper Mentor decks when Deathrite was legal, and then like we just board in the same like six or seven anti combo cards all the time and never really got to test the stuff I was trying to test, you know. But I think all that can pass. And it seems like, you know, there's still there's still going to be some room for these kinds of decks. And hopefully new new kinds of fair decks maybe can emerge if that's the axis people are fighting on. Yeah, I just I, I think what you said is is really interesting that, you know, these these blue mirrors, like there's this blue arms race where people are trying to play Teferi and Narsad or whatever, uh, which I think is it, I think it could open up a spot for for the, the non blue fair decks again, which. I kind of hope it does because I, I really would like it if I every time I read stuff on, about magic, people aren't complaining about brainstorm and blue being too good. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, I, I really hope that that some of these uh, these strategies that haven't been as viable lately like get their spot again. Cyrus got on my case today because I posted a screenshot of myself losing the two uh, Trinity Nemesis with Athalia, Wasteland, and Chalice on one play. <laughs> I was playing Maverick, and he's like, "Who are you to complain about it?" Like, oh, like okay, the other seven cards in that guy, that guy has played are doing nothing, but like you know, he's the one that's unfair. It was funny, but like it's it's right in a way. Like I, I think that a lot of people would like to see some some less polarization like that, where you don't feel as pressured to play Thalia, Chalice you know, in all of your non-blue decks just to have a chance against the blue decks. And, um, you know, it, it, you mentioned Punishing Fire being great against Planeswalkers, and I thought, it, I actually kind of thought the other day, like, geez, maybe, like, Jund is good. Like, just play Dark Confidant into their Teferi, play a bunch of Sorcery Speed discard, and then, like, board in the Elder Spell. Like, I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's fine. I, I, I remember you all talking about uh, Dread Horde, Dread Horde Arcanist, yeah, uh, and I that really was like 15 wanted to, minutes long. <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to like try to build some Jund list with Dreadheart Arcanist, but I couldn't figure out a like simple way to get its power to two so I could him people extra times. Oh, Ooh, I'll but, send you the one I, I have, but it's a combo deck. It's got, <laughs> no, it's, it's it's combo deck. It's got Dreadheart Arcanist and Berserk and uh, a bunch of discard. 
think uh, Kurt is doing something like that. On yeah. Online. <laughs> yeah, I just haven't figured out the inside, the rest of it yet, but I'll send it to you and maybe you'll have some ideas. But yeah, yeah, Dreadhorde Arcanus is actually, I got completely ranched by that card out of Blue Red Delver the other day. Just, I just could not com- com- keep up with it. Like, um, you know, this the extra card draw they got from flashing back cantrips, just bolting everything I put into play a second time. Like, it was yeah. really, really strong. So, uh, you know, I hope uh, I hope that's that card takes off. I think it's a cool design. Um, let's see. I guess uh, I guess a question to ask is how do you feel about war? Uh, and then uh, on top of that question, what do you, what do you think it's going to be like after Modern Horizons drops? Because war seems like it's at least affecting going to affect Legacy in, in some sort of substantial way. I think it's really cool that war has affected Legacy so much. Like already. There's so much like Narset and Karn and Teferi, all these sweet planeswalkers running around. And Liliana's Triumph is a, another spell. I'm trying to think of if there have been any creatures other than me messing around with Fibblethip that I've seen play. I don't I don't remember. And Dreadhorde but Arcanist, Dread, I guess. Dreadhorde Arcanist has, has has seen some play, yeah. Um Well actually Blast Zone is another card that I've seen a ton oh, yeah. of the oh, last wow. couple days. And boy, that thing is a real house. I've seen it on ten blowing up omnisciences. Whoa, on ten. <laughs> well, the thing you have to realize, Zach, and I did not. We didn't really parse this. Okay. Is that it's XX tap to put X counters on it. Yeah. So sure. if you have a bunch of cloud posts in play, you can just oh, jam another God. nine counters on that pretty pretty fast. Wow. And suddenly okay. that omniscience isn't looking so good. That's pretty cool, actually. I didn't That's... think about this as like a a card that like post would want to play. Yeah, I saw Arkin was playing it in a lot of decks, Post and and Four Color Loam, and it looked good. Uh, he played it against me in Lands today. I, you know, it was actually kind of funny in Lands though because he kept blowing up his own explorations. <laughs> and like, yeah. I mean, like it was like at least there's at least there was that going for me because uh, <laughs> uh, it was uh, it was a really hard slog today playing against Lands. But um, but yeah, no, Blaststone's Blaststone has made quite the uh, impact as well already. And in fact, I was talking to someone who was who had gotten Scepter Chant to Fairy Locked, um, <laughs> and the only thing we could come up with to beat it was Blast Zone because you can just play it under a uh, what's it called under a uh, Scepter or or yeah. That's spicy. That's so cool. like you got to look in the set for the answers to the horrible things this set is doing. Yeah, that's always <laughs> horrendous. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, and as far as Modern Horizons go. The only spoilers I remember was the Cabal Therapy creature and like a Sarah Planeswalker. Or yeah, something. that's, that's all we have more? so far. That's that's all we have so far. I just assume that like so, you know, power levels rising in some in some manner. Yeah, I sure. I hope it'll be really cool, and I think it will be. Especially like that that Cabal Therapist card. Is that what the name is? Yep. Yeah. I, I honestly at first I thought that was a meme, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but that card is like that card's kind of push. Like it's it's like almost playable, just like the first card that they spoiled. And I I think there's gonna be like there there has to be some some fun stuff that comes in that set for sure. Oh yeah, I, I think agree. the question is like yeah, like I think when we talked about it on our on our when we when we touched on those spoilers, you know the the thing I, I like to compare it to is Ramanop Excavator, where like it's an effect that's seen play and now it's on a creature. And if they have like a cycle of them. Like, I mean, I can't even tell you what they could be. 
to be honest at this point, because therapy is such a unique card in general, but like a cycle of legacy playable spells on creatures, you know, only one or two of them Faithless needs to be a looter. hit. Faithless Looter would be insane. Are you kidding? Oh my God. They already I'm, have I don't that know on the Yeah. Um, that's right. There's a Faithless you Looter. Just get your one mana Jack Faded going. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I would mean, you play? Okay. Chase, yes or no, you, you would play Faithless Looter in this deck, right? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> what are the stats? I mean, he'd be a 1 1 for 1 mana. And then every turn you could Faithless Looter. Let's see. What? Hey, Cabal hey, Therapist. He has Intimidate. Yeah, uh, let's Cabal just throw extra one one of Yeah. Um, I couldn't remember if it was a 1 1 or 1 2, but anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Modern Horizon. The, the thing about Legacy right now is that it feels very unsettled. Um, just because, like, you kind of have to prepare. Like, you don't know what people are going to be trying. And that kind of, like... Like, I played Maverick with three Council's Judgments in the sideboard, and I didn't play against a single, like, post-Karn deck. Like, which what I was thinking, I'd be like, oh, like I'm just going to board all these Council's Judgments and hit everything they play, and just hope to live long enough to, like, win with a big knight. Um, and I didn't play against it once, after playing against it, like, four out of five times in the previous league. You know? Wow. So, um... It's exciting, though, like, to, to not know what you're going to play against and to not see the same thing constantly. I mean, I remember when I was just seeing Ant constantly online. Yeah. So, I, I gotta say, a lot of people make make that, uh... Or they, they say that, that, that they don't enjoy seeing the same thing all, all the time, but that has that doesn't bother me. Which maybe is not surprising because I I enjoyed the Death Rite era so much. Like I didn't care that I was seeing Grixis Delver check pile Ant all the time, right? And even recently, Ant was very powerful before before the London Mulligan. Ant was everywhere. Yeah. And and I I enjoy that matchup. I think it's fun, and I I, I don't mind that I see it a lot. Yeah, I think there's um, I think it depends on your deck and like you know if you're seeing the same thing all the time. <laughs> I actually think it's I think it's worse when you see the same thing like a bunch of times in a row and then you make changes to to play against it, you know, play against it which is which seems to be what happens to me more often. Um, that, but yeah, like, that, yeah, that's another thing. But it's it's you're right. It's not like the it's not the, you know it's not like a huge deal. It's just kind of a funny thing that that has happened. Um, so you know, I actually wanted to segue a little bit into that because it's in you're, you seem to be very positive still on you know your deck's ability to play in this new format and be able to adapt to the times. You seem to definitely. Um, have the patience to keep it going. And I was—I had written down and sent you, like, what would it take to get you off this deck at this point? I mean, God, it's been like two years, maybe three years you've been playing it? Yeah. Um, just a, a quick thing before that. I don't know if you know this, but I played Reanimator for seven years in a wow. row before <laughs> before that. So I, I stick to one thing for quite a while. Yeah. It, would, it would take... It would take something pretty jarring, I think, to get me off of this deck, especially because uh, I, I like to, at least online, I like to play stuff that I own in paper, and I own, you know, duels are expensive, so I, I own the duels that I own, and I, I don't have that much mobility. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, it's interesting. The deck is has so many moving parts, I think you can kind of keep it fresh, too. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but our friend Tim... Um, had drafted up a, a, a deck fade in Leovold Punishing Fire deck a while back that he and I had tested it a little bit. Um, in the you know, this was a long time ago, and your deck is just so much smoother. I don't even know how it's, 
I was like, so, we did so many weird things with like one of them tombs and stuff like that. Like, you know, maybe it was just me, but you know, this this is Tim Tim Ziggy Ak- Stardust. Yeah, Ziggy yeah. Stardust. Yeah, he uh, he frequently tells people that uh, I am not the creator of Punishing Deck because I, I mean I'm not. I wasn't the first one that came up with it, but I uh, I, I think it's cool that Tim and I have. Uh, he used to play Blue Black Reanimator too. Like I, he's one of the first streamers I followed because, like, man, he plays my deck. And then it's it's cool that we've kind of followed a similar path uh, in in Magic deck building. Yeah, well, I kind of wish I'd stuck with it now. I played it a few times, you know, after he built it, and we would talk about it. And I just, but I could never resist putting in my like life from the loan and stuff. Like that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, it was just like uh, I think your your sort of dispassionate look at what's good has been really beneficial to this deck's development. So, um, you know, more power to you. Um, I don't know about Zach, dispassionate. <laughs> well, you're, you're willing to make, you're willing to make cuts and try and, and that I, and I'm more like squishy, I guess. Is the way to put it. <laughs> okay. I would have had hollow this deck at least, one, you know, like just what happened. So, <laughs> You know, um, I never even considered that. That's sweet. <laughs> it's really bad in the mirror. Oh, you activated <laughs> my hollow ones. You definitely have done that. <laughs> yes, it's true. Yep. Um, Zach, did you have any questions for Chase on on the Dak deck before we move on to something else? No, I, I mean I think you answered all the, the the main questions I had. It, it was you know what as far as as far as uh, what would come into this deck for war. We've kind of already discussed. And and you know yeah just the the one ofs and stuff it's just such an interesting deck there's so much going on with it and and it looks like it can just pivot so well so it's it's just really cool to see uh you know I, I, you were saying before you don't mind different decks but I really I really love seeing something that's just completely off the cuff. Um, Chase, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Uh, no, I think I think I'm good. Let me tell you something, brother. You're here listening to this Eternal Dirtles podcast, but what you need to do is go over to Eternal Dirtles Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Eternal Dirtles, and show your support, brother. Yeah. I wanted to move on, uh, you know, and not to put you on the spot, and we didn't. We, we asked him beforehand. But, uh, you know, we just had some really big and, you know, sort of, I would say close to shocking news come out out of um, out of Wizards HQ. Um, there's a statement out on the MTG Esports site that uh, Yuya Watanabe, who has been um, who was disqualified from the Mythic Championship in London for marking his sleeves, has been. Now I want to tell you guys how I read this because it's a, it's a very short statement. You know, it's their perfunctory. We did an investigation. The DCI takes this seriously. Blah blah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing it says is he's. Uh, banned from from um, DCI events for 30 months. And I said, wow, that's a lot. 30 months is a lot. The next thing was he's lost his place in the MPL, which I was kind of like, all right, I would have led with that. That was pretty obvious. The third thing was he's been taken out of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, man, that asterisk is real. You know, like, that's... Like, wow. I mean, I was I was pretty shocked that they went that, they went that far. Um, and... You know, I was just wondering if, you know, in a, in a way I think that was, it was almost like 
I don't want to say nice, but it's nice that they took paper magic that seriously. They could have said in two years, this is all going to be arena or something. So whatever, but it sounds like they're still taking paper magic and the, um, the sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, not sanctity. That's such a bad word, but like the, uh, they're just taking the, they're, they're taking it seriously. Like this, yeah. is, this is an obvious, like to, to me, it's just nice to see that they were like, okay, there are real consequences to, to cheating at magic. And, and when you do it and you get caught at that larger scale, it matters to us now. Cause they're trying to make e- this an esport. They're trying to make it a real thing. And this sort of punishment proves that they're serious about that. And I'm I'm really glad that they chose a serious punishment rather than something lighter. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I had in the pool like, okay, they're gonna whack him from the MPL and ban him for a year. You know, you know the guys in the I was, I was like, I was like the guys in the Hall of Fame. Like, what are they gonna do? Take him out of the Hall of Fame? Well, there you go. Yeah, I think I think that they they decided like you know I I had talked about this before about like how anything this guy does now has an asterisk uh, attached to it because you just don't know someone that does that well in tournaments. I mean, th- previous to this, I I had no in, no inclination that the guy the guy ever cheated, but now you have to look back and you go, well, I mean, this guy's been doing pretty well for a long time, and he gets caught with something that's pretty blatant. Um, you have to wonder if maybe they've been turning a blind eye to it or if they just haven't been able to catch him, you know, and now, now that he's been caught, you know, they, they have to, especially at this large of an event, you know, Wizards over the past two years has, has been trying to pivot itself to this esports situation. And it's very hard to take, uh, take an esports seriously on the level of like, say, uh, what's called uh, League of Legends or whatnot, when one of your best players in the Hall of Fame is a known cheater, you know? They have yeah. to they have to make uh, make it very clear to the, their other pros and to the community as a whole that if, if you cheat, you will be removed from the game. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I was just, I was shocked and, you know, um, that, that they took that step. And boy, I mean, it, I, I almost, I, I fear a little bit of what that could mean um, as you know, ex- things external to Magic are evaluated against Hall of Famers. I really, really wish that the I know it's the Pro Tour Hall of Fame and it's based on the Pro Tour, but I really wish there was um, some sort of like contributors wing or something like that that could be like a, a, a section of the Hall of Fame that's not based on tournament results. Just because I feel like <laughs> having too. it based on this raw results, <laughs> just having it based on raw results like it is, makes it so that. Um, you know, once a couple of these things sort of come out about Hall of Famers, the the whole Hall of Fame is like, well, the, all they, the only reason they're in there is because they, you know, cheated to get these these results that then got them in the Hall of Fame and these, you know, the lifetime benefits thereof. And I, I really wish we had like more of a Hall of Fame that could recognize some other people and contributors to the game. So that's a bit of my soapbox, but uh, definitely something I felt like we should mention just because it was quite it, that's that's a that's a big deal. I mean, I don't think that, I don't probably think anyone's ever been removed from a, from a major sports hall of fame. I guess like Pete Rose has just Pete never Rose. been voted into yeah, the baseball hall of fame. Yeah, that's different, you know. So, and Pete Rose comes up every time someone does something sketchy in baseball. So, you know, um, Chase, know. you were about to say something. 
Yeah, I, I think that I, I absolutely agree. You uh, you said we should have a uh, a Hall of Fame that's not just based on, or a, a wing of the Hall of Fame that's not just based on results, and and that's absolutely true. There are so many people that put so much into this community that uh, is not winning at Magic, and really, winning at Magic is like probably one of among the least important of those of those contributions to the community. Um, I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, only uh, I, I agree for more than just because it would be my only chance to get into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think there's another thing to take away from this as well is, is, you know, uh, take, take what I just said at, at, at whatever value you want. But um, the, the statement also included that they, they, you know, they had an interview with him afterwards. And I have to think that some level of the um, of the punishment is based off that interview. So, it, 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 it you know, because we don't know what was in that interview, um, we can't we can't exactly speculate. But you have to assume that like he was completely re- completely remorseless or something. You know, that's an extreme punishment. You know, twenty or uh, thirty months is a long time. It's very like, long for time. any bit. I don't I don't remember. Uh... I guess cheating has gotten they, – they've, they've upped the punishments for cheating recently, and there's been so few high-profile cheats caught. There was the guy who um, was palm shuffling, whatever, whatever that modern deck was. I forget what it is. Loom uh, Titan. Loom Titan, yeah. There was that guy. And then and then there was Bertoncini, who was you know the second big banning after that. But we haven't seen like cheating-related. Jared Betcher. Yeah? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, cheating and cheating in game is, is, you know what I'm talking about here, but yeah, yeah. of course, of course. I mean, there's been, there's been other instances where people have been whacked for a longer time, but anyway, um, I think that, I want to end on such a down note. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to say, I think that this, this like cheating is like pretty close to like stealing. You don't yeah. know who you're stealing from, but like you're stealing from someone and I think that this is a completely appropriate uh, consequence because th- this guy, it obviously, if this was his first time stealing, uh, it, it looks like they don't think that that's the case. Nah, yeah, uh, it, does, and, it obviously does not. Yeah. And th- I think this is completely reasonable. Yeah, I think. Boy, I, I would. I, I wish they would. A, a book that came out about this would be so interesting yeah. to you know the twenty of us who care. But like. <laughs> Uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see like what when they went, if they did go back and see other things that you know, or they looked at his like violation or warning history, um, whatever, whatever came out. Because boy, I mean, I've gotten some, I've gotten some dumb warnings. In my life. Like, whatever comes back to bite me. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, there's a difference between you know unintentional, you know, warnings and stuff like that, and, and like something that's this this blatant and obvious. Uh, and, and when you get caught for something like this. You've probably done some stuff that was less blatant, less blatant, and you're like, I haven't gotten caught, I haven't gotten caught, I haven't gotten caught, and then you do something like this, and it might have been his first time even trying something like this, and then when he gets caught for something like this, they can tie so many things together. The DCI is 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 not dumb. They keep records on this stuff. So when when someone looks back and they're like, oh well, there were seven warnings before this, they can see, you know, they they can see a pattern. Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, I, what um, I hope out of all this is that is that at the end of the day, uh, the you know you you learns a lesson, and, and when he comes back in thirty months, he's you know he's he's playing uh, he's playing straight. Um, yeah, that's not on such a down note. Chase, are you planning to go to GP Atlanta? Uh, planning on it. I still need to make uh, make everything work out, but I I would really like to go. Yeah. Um. Any other, if like you have any other legacy travel, it would be great to see you uh, take this deck in, take this deck through in person um, at some point. You know, I know, I know you're in, on the West Coast and you're a graduate student, so it's hard to get to a lot of the the big events. But um, you know, hopefully you'll get a chance to soon. Absolutely, that sounds like a blast. Yeah, man. Great. Um, well, Zach, anything? Have you read? I'm sorry, guys. My cold is catching no, up. With no, no, yeah, no. I, I, I don't have a whole lot this week. I've been working uh, 14 hour days for the last couple of days. We're in like a big crunch time, so my, my bandwidth for, for uh, playable magic is, is down to whatever I did on Arena this week, which is not a whole lot. Um, I am, I am looking forward to, to playing uh, Paper Legacy at the end of the month, though. That, that, that should be pretty great. Great. Um. Chase, you know, do you have any, are you playing any Bay Area events? Or is there anything coming up there? I think I saw Cyrus talk about a uh, uh, Turtle Weekend qualifier coming up in Berkeley. Yeah, that's this weekend. I'm going to be in Yosemite, so I won't be playing any Magic this weekend. Oh, won't no. even be streaming. <laughs> no, no, no Sunday stream. It's too bad. <laughs> Such a fixture. Uh, actually, that reminds me. Let's plug your stream, and i got to make sure I get it right. Heck yeah. I've so got it right here. One. <laughs> what's that what is it chase sorry i was out letting you say uh oh it's uh twitch.tv slash stripo s-t-r-y-f-o right and we'll link and that in the in the bottom there excellent i stream the yep. challenge every week except for this one <laughs> <laughs> well this will come out on monday or uh will it come out on monday so it'll be after so oh excellent they don't even Possibly. need to miss it yeah <laughs> so great well, thanks so much for coming out and be such a great sport, um, you know, and uh, always being so positive every time we talked. I, you know, I really appreciate that. I love, you know, meeting people with, with good attitudes in this game. So um, until next time. Yeah, yeah thank man. you so much for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great to have you, man. Thanks so much. Have a good week, everybody. Where does he get those wonderful toys?